0: you are watching the waterman podcast yes welcome everyone to episode 2 of the waterman podcast it is my great pleasure today it's a big one folks it is my great pleasure to today i'm so excited i can't even say the words <laughs> To bring this living legend here today, thanks Cameron for making it happen. We have the great living legend, Robbie Robinson. Robbie, thanks for coming to the show. Awesome. Robbie, I mean, you are someone that is like on my list of living legends. Thanks for coming down to the program. And you have a long history of this bodybuilding field. Robbie, can you tell us when you first started lifting iron? You remember the first time you started lifting?
1: I think my first encounter with physical activity was with Jack LaLanne. And he was jumping every morning, so... (laughs) I got up and started jumping too. <laughs> and by the time I was probably seven, or eight, maybe 12 years old, I was already into weight training mm-hmm. and already seeing that, you know, my body was responding to it. So I just kept doing that.
0: Very good. So now Robbie, tell me, when, do you, when did you realize, it's like, hey, wait a minute. You know what? I think I got something here. I think I got something here. When did it dawn on you, like, hey, wait a minute, I think I got something? I think it's probably
1: about twelve to thirteen years old. I would say twelve to thirteen years old, and I realized that I was starting to feel a certain muscle pump. <laughs> I felt um, more confident in what I was trying to do. I wanted to be the next Jim Brown,
0: <laughs> so I,
1: you know, got into sports in high school kept lifting weights to you know just help my performance and you know I went on became all everything in football in high school and 150 some scholarships to go to other universities to play football but I just fell in love with bodybuilding mm-hmm. and I pursued it from just from an athlete standpoint all the way up into you know my own life story documentary books interviews movies totally unexpected, (laughs) but, you know, that's just what comes out of, I guess you believe it in yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, what was the response from your family and friends when you said to them, hey, you know what, I'm going to try this thing, bodybuilding thing. Here, I'm going to try this out. What was the reaction?
1: You're talking about in the 50s. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally taboo. I mean... (laughs) No black man will be running around lifting weights and building no muscle.
0: With That's underwear, we wearing was. underwear, right?
1: they were not going to tell you, okay, well, go ahead for that. <laughs> they added other names to that that you probably, I don't want to announce online, they live. Owned the
0: Waterman yeah, podcast.
1: Waterman, it was just like not where you would want to be. You wouldn't want to be in there talking about you're going to be on no muscle. <laughs> they look at you like you're crazy.
0: So now, can you remember, Robbie, when people now started to take you seriously in the game? You know, it's like you're doing it, you're winning. When did you you feel like, okay, now they're taking me seriously before they thought I was playing, but now they take me seriously?
1: When they saw that I was starting to, like, compete and win titles, pretty much that, you know, at that point in that time period, no black man was going to be doing that. But (laughs) I was out there doing it, winning. They will place me fifth and give me all the body part awards, mm. or they will place me third and give me all the body part awards. And you know, you, you have to deal with that aspect of it because that's just where there's no black man is going to be up there winning no titles. Mm. But I came in and start winning titles. Um, won the Mister Florida, Mister mm. Southeastern United States, fifth in the Mister America. Won the most muscular man award in America. <laughs> And then I started taking a real decision. But when people saw me <laughs> doing this and winning and been becoming a winner, um, they talked that down too. You know, they tried you know, to downplay it. Nothing. They tried to downplay
0: to... Your, your, your gifts, your talents. Yeah, that they, 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 you know, it, it was,
1: it was just a time period. You know, that time <laughs> period, nobody believed that nobody, especially no black man going to be no Mr. America or completing a Mr. America. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> but I was one of those guys that just chased my dream. I didn't even think about it. I didn't listen to it. If I had, I wouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. But I think if you realize what your dream is and you believe in yourself enough, anything is possible.
0: Very well said, very, very well said. Now, can you remember that feeling when you won your first title, when you started your first title? You remember that 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 that. When I
1: won my first title, Southeastern United States, um, I won the competition plus all the body part awards: best mm-hmm. arm, best legs, most mm-hmm. muscular, best back, best chest. And uh, you know, it just wasn't something that would happen. And the uh, promoter of the event got attacked by the people that were <laughs> in the audience. And of course, I hate to use this word, but the word was, you know, how do you let that nigga win all them times? I let him win all them trophies. <laughs> and the guy, one thing I can remember saying, I mean, him being a white promoter, he said, that nigga was just that good. <laughs> I loved
0: it. Oh, I thought man. that
1: was heavy. I mean, if you asked me to come here to do this interview, I'm telling you, point blank, that's how we're,
0: it was. We're keeping it real here, you know for I mean? We're hey, keeping, keeping it real. It real.
1: <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they, it was not going to happen. <clears throat> And, you know, after I won all the wars and was leaving the show, they were all still coming out of there, still using that N word, cursing me out, cursing all my friends out. And I just told them, you know, shut up and just walk on out the door. Let's make it to the car. We got to be out of town before sundown. (laughs) Well, that was a true fact. I mean, you know, in those days, people don't realize what I saw was you were coming into these areas and there were signs on the trees overlooking the alligator pond. And on those signs, it said point blank, nigger, don't let me get you caught here after sundown. Mm. (laughs) I mean, people don't realize that 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 kind of thing can can create bad feelings in people, but I just told my friend, chill out. Mm -hmm. Let's get out of town before sundown. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's reality. You can't, it's, it's inescapable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no sense in getting mad at it about it. I mean, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You have to either be strong enough to deal with it or get out of it. Mm-hmm. I was strong enough to deal with it. I love it to this day. And I would do <clears> it until, I'd probably be more than likely to be doing a curl and kind of say, okay, quit. And mm-hmm. Go to sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, Robbie, what was it like if you can uh, recall that first day when you made up your mind and said, you know what, I'm going to go to California.
1: It was after I won the Mr. Florida, because I am from Tallahassee, Florida. I was from Florida, I'm a Florida boy, from the swamps. Mm-hmm. My whole life I was spending it with poor white people, <clears throat> Indians, and poor blacks. That's mm-hmm. how I grew up. Mm-hmm. I never heard the word nigger. It didn't come out in that kind of craziness. Mm. Everybody was poor. Everybody lived with each other. Everybody helped each other. That's how I grew up. Black, white, and Indians. Nobody complained. I mean, if I, had, if I wanted some alligator chair, well, I know to go to the Indian. Mm. Okay? If I wanted rabbits and squirrels and deers and, you know, uh, wild game, you know, she basically went to the white, poor white people because they, they knew how to do all of that. Mm. And the Indians, well, you're definitely talking fishing, you're definitely talking dear meat. So that's how I grew up eating. Mm-hmm. You no, know, off the land, not going to a grocery market. Mm-hmm. Everything was grown on mm-hmm. the garden. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so now Robbie, when you finally decided you're gonna go to California, can you remember that first day that you are actually walking inside of the legendary I've got much love for that gym, Gold's Gym Venice. That legendary goals gym Venice. You remember that feeling thrilled.
1: I was thrilled <clears throat> by the fact to be able to go in there and train with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny Gaber, mm-hmm. Ed Coyne, Franco Colombo, Kenny Waller, Bob So I was in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that, you know, being in that mix would help me become better, which it did. Mm-hmm. And working with those guys, you know, improve my ability to become better. Also, being in that atmosphere changes your whole mindset, <clears throat> so I was lucky to be able to be in that you know in that atmosphere
0: now some people may know this some maybe they don't know, but um, there is a logo of Joe Weeder and it's actually your physique that is attached to Joe Weider's head, can you talk about that, or it's a legendary?
1: Yeah, I, I, I posed for the Weider bus. The Weider bus <clears throat> uh, was supposed. My physique and my body was supposed to be the monument for all Weider publication <clears throat> Weider factors, and companies all over the world. And when I posed for the bus, my head was on the bus. It was my <laughs> body. Mm-hmm. during the unveiling mm-hmm. of the bus for the company executives from all over the world, mm-hmm. Joe Weeders' head was on my body. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, was, I was shocked, I was stunned. I was just stunned. about to say,
0: <laughs> I mean, what was your reaction?
1: Really. I mean, speechless, really. I couldn't even speak, but that's, you know, that was, you know, in that time period, who I was, you know, no... Nobody's going to support you if you go and take <clears throat> something like that to court mm-hmm. the court is not going to support you and it didn't support that mm-hmm. I mean he was a rich man worth what 400 million mm-hmm. they're not going to let no poor black guy come in there and uh, mm-hmm. You know sue him, mm-hmm. but I went through the lawsuit mm-hmm. And they wouldn't allow it. They, they, they wouldn't allow it. They just kind of just brushed it off mm-hmm. That's when I realized that the the, the overall uh, Judicial system is biased you know, a lot of the athletes out there that are talking and being, <coughs> like, uh, I will even bring up uh, Yee, I mean, you get up in there, you know, those people make your paycheck. Kyle Erring, uh, all those guys talking like that, you can talk like that, but you're forgetting one thing, you know, somebody else make your paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay to speak out, but speak out in a way that don't hurt yourself, mm-hmm. you know, losing 1.2 million, like, overnight, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And for somebody to be suspended from the game because they speak out in a sense. Yeah, speak <clears> out, but, you know, have a curve on it. <clears throat> say what you're going to say, but you don't have to go into a level where it's going to hurt how you say own. it, the
0: delivery, the yeah. delivery. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I agree with that. Make that yeah, statement, <clears throat> but
1: then at the same time realize that if you make those statements, it's going to hurt you. Yeah. You yeah st- it don't make
0: sense to me. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, can you tell us about what was it like that first day when you were filming uh, pumping Iron with Arnold?
1: Well, that's a whole nother <laughs> story. You know, filming the movie with pumping Iron, Pump Iron was like, you know, the best species in the world is in this movie or this documentary. And, you know, we were all in great shape but the thing of it was that what they tried to do with me was say, don't flex. <laughs> <laughs> on pose i am flex and pose anyway <laughs> that's funny but see you have to kind of revel in your own way but you don't always have to be verbal so you can yeah. do it physically yeah. at that point i could do it physically mm-hmm. and they didn't like it but mm-hmm. it made the movie look good you know mm-hmm. understand what i'm saying so my whole thing on that take on <clears throat> that was that um the, physique, the movie was made around the Bill Arnold Schwarzenegger's career, yes. not Robbie Robinson's mm-hmm. career. who was I, I was just a rookie. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is I had such a great physique, they couldn't be denied.
0: <clears throat> That's a very good point. And I can remember, um, first of all, let me just uh, rewind the tape here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, in, it was like in the early 80s. I heard about Gold's Gym when I was a kid in school because one of my classmates wanted to grow up to be a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And I heard him talk about this this famous gym in California called Gold's Gym Venice. So I actually heard of Gold's Gym Venice before I heard of Arnold Schwarzenegger or any other bodybuilder. So it was later on, one day, halfway through the Pumping Iron documentary, I'm there as a kid watching TV and I caught the tail end towards uh, Pumping Iron and still i saw arnold but it was later on when i was um able to put the name with the face so and i saw you i can remember as a you know kid i remember i saw you there and i'm thinking to myself okay i'm you know just there trying to search out i see, okay i see one black person there <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm thinking you know to myself as a little kid OK, let me see if I can see another black person there in the in the uh, in the in the crowd. It's like when you were coming over to celebrate, I think Arnold had like a party over his house or something like that. That scene. So I can remember, you know, as a kid searching, trying to f- see if I can find some other black people there, you know, <laughs> you know, and stuff. And then um, you looked fantastic in in that documentary. And then um, there are pictures of you from the 70s and 80s. And you you know, remind me a lot of my father because my father was a uh, competitive bodybuilder back in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to ask you, um, when Pumping Iron was finally released, how did the public respond to seeing lumpy. you in Pumping Iron. Well, the body of the
1: community was, was inspired by myself by this point because <clears> of the fact of the movie Pumping Iron. I mean, because of the movie, of uh, the, the, my winning the Night of the Champions in New York. Mm-hmm. So, if I won the Night of the Champions in New York, everything was built in somewhat around <clears throat> that movie. Mm-hmm. So, my winning the Night of the Champions propelled the movie, it made my career. I got exhibitions and seminars and tours all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And then even up to today, Robbie can still be seen at Gold's Gym Venice, pumping iron. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> love the pump iron.
0: And I love the fact that the message that guys like Robbie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and company, sliced Stallone, I mean uh, Lou Ferrigno, I love the message that they're showing everyone, especially the seniors. You don't have to use your age as an excuse no. not to work out, not to train. I mean, look at those guys. They're looking fantastic. You know, it's like a very, <clears throat> excuse me, very great example of, hey, you know what? You can be over 70 years old and still get it in, you know? Oh, yeah. Your health is your wealth. I mean, I think that <clears throat> when
1: you're healthy, then you're wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always take care of myself. I think it's very important to do so. Um, I don't think age should be anything as an excuse for anything. I mean, if you can get up and move, you can get up and move.
0: Mm-hmm. That is very true. That is very true. And you know the thing about it, Robbie, is that <clears throat> you have a hidden treasure that I discovered the first time I saw you at Gold's Gym Venice, that voice of yours. You have that golden voice. I mean, Hollywood, if you are listening, <laughs> give Brother Robbie a call. This guy has the perfect voice for voiceover work. And this is like untapped treasures, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I always admired uh, J. Jones. <laughs> He's my admirer. I admire him because of his... The use of his voice and his voice that has, you know, made the background for a lot of movies, you know, even uh, some that I haven't seen. So I think it's it's, a, it's an honor for someone to have a good voice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Very true. Uh, before we leave, I just want to show the public uh, this nice, this very, very nice T-shirt here that I got, Jerry West. Just want to show it off a little bit to the people and uh, bought it at sports Center Trend on Hollywood Boulevard, compliments of them. So I just want to show this cool ah, T-shirt here. Check this out here. This is nice.
1: Black Mamba.
0: You know, this is yeah. Jerry West. Yeah,
1: Jerry West. You know, it's a little number 44. of
0: Kobe, A little slash of Kobe yeah. there that I add to the mix. But go down there and check them out. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sports-centered definitely. Sports-Centered Trend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On Hollywood Boulevard. So the great Robbie Robinson, thanks for coming on. Definitely. A pleasure. We must do it again in the very near future. Yeah. And uh
1: wish you both all the same success.
0: Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, Rob. Oh, yeah. We love you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for
1: having me on. No
0: problem. Thank you. You Have
1: a great day. All right. Bye bye.
0: Thank you. Thank you for watching the Waterman podcast.